0: All right, welcome, welcome to this first episode of season seven of the Purple Rains podcast. I'm your host, T.T. James. I figured I'd get this season started off sooner rather than later. I usually wait until the end of the season. So this one is System Failure, and it was inspired by a couple of things. Uh, Interesting enough, and this happens (laughs) when you mention something or you say something, you speak it out loud, you'll notice that you'll hear more about it. You didn't hear about it before, but you'll hear it more often as soon as you say it. It's the same thing when you get a new car, you'll all of a sudden start seeing everybody with the car or with the same car, you'll start noticing it everywhere. doesn't necessarily mean that everyone saw you and decided to buy the car. It's just once you say something, you start to notice it everywhere else. You know, So it, it's synchronicity, coincidence, whatever you want to call it. So I posted the YouTube video um, about AI versus the pineal, and then I came across... A couple different things that almost seem to be in response to that video and but it can't be because this person is not even in my circle so there's this guy in the conspiracy sphere and I call it the conspiracy sphere because and I don't care if they're making up conspiracy theories or whatever it's just people who uh, follow different news stories and then they have their own idea their own theory Behind what's happening in these stories whether they think it's a hoax or whether they believe it They have an explanation for it. They call themselves the truther community But a lot of them are way off the truth I don't believe um, anyone is capable of knowing the complete truth and I'll get to that at the end of this podcast My final comments are about that and how it is possible the only way to know all of the truth and why it's not humanly possible for one human to know all of the truth. And that's why people tend to say, this is my truth and that's her truth or his truth or whatever, because every individual holds a piece of the truth, but no one individual can possibly know all of it because you need all individual pieces that ever existed and will ever exist in order to know all of the truth, if you understand. Because the truth is all. So if you don't have all, then you can't know the truth, all right? If you think of it like a piece of puzzle. But I get what they call themselves the cons- uh, the truthers, but I call them the conspiracy sphere, okay? So there's this guy in the conspiracy sphere, whose name is Max Egan. I believe he's an op. I think there are operatives within that space who uh, make certain comments and remarks to push people in a certain direction. And he's one of these people who's um, heavily into that, you know, that Kundalini con type thing. That you know, Kundalini conspiracy. <laughs> and so I don't. When people are into that type thing, I just don't. I give them no the, credit like i I doubt them. let's just say that. I have my doubts. And so he um made a video that I found somewhere. I don't follow him. I just follow people who post his stuff so I wouldn't know where to find him. But he was obviously talking about, uh well, not obviously, but he was talking about the AI. And I had mentioned that there is no AI the way we know it. And I'm going to define what AI is. I'm gonna go really slow through this podcast um, so that even though people do understand in general, I don't think people really grasp what these things understand it in the abstract but they don't really understand what it is and so i'm going to try my best to like say it as if i'm trying to teach it to my child my young my youngest child okay and so he came on and said that there are some people who think that the ai is a trojan horse and that people are um that these people are going to blame the ai i believe that i believe that the ai is going to be blamed for what man does, but they're going to say it's the AI doing it. And people will accept that because people already do accept that. When somebody says there's a technical glitch, people accept that there was a technical glitch. You're not going to argue with that. And so it's really easy to blame the computer or to blame the AI. So the first thing that um, I should do here is to well, that's the first thing that inspired this. I was also inspired by a comment that I received on YouTube. I don't have it in front of me now, so I can't say it verbatim, but it has to do with, um, someone mentioned that the white or the European race is under attack. Pretty much. There's a war on the European race. And I'm going to address that let me address that first before I get into the AI. I'm going to go in order. So I'm going to go back to my notes. I always do this. So first of all, let me go to um, little fires everywhere to address this second, the second point, the comment about the um, the race or the European race. This is that thing, what I was talking about, about these small little bits of chaos being released everywhere. Every other day, there's another story Um, in the news. And it's been constantly and consistently like that for the last two years. It's like, yeah, the world has problems, but you know, you have a a problem one year and then another major problem, another year and whatever your, your um, decades are known for the problems that might've occurred in that decade. But this um, particular decade from the 2020s, um, from 2020 until when we get to 2030, this is packed full of problems. There has been problem after problem after problem. Has been nonstop. There has been no week that went by where there wasn't some form of chaos. And then during the pandemic, it was the pandemic, like the COVID chaos. But it would be something new, like at one week, Oh, there's going to be masks. Another week, no mask this week. You're going to need a passport this week. You're not. So it would, it was the same problem, but they would come back every week and change it. All right. So just to keep it going. So we went through that. And then there was a point where there was constant, uh, protests. And so there's just been consistently a problem all the time in the news, some form of breaking news every single week. Okay, a week could barely go by, and this is what I refer to as Little Fires Everywhere. There was a show called that, I believe, um, Carrie Washington was in it. I never got around to watching it, but the concept of Little Fires Everywhere is that you put you have these little fires going, and you don't know which one to run to, which one do you put out first? Uh, there's so much chaos going on, and that's a strategy. This is chaos magic. This is type of strategy that keeps people's minds split. They don't know what to focus on because there's too much to focus on. And so when this person believes that there's an attack on the European race, he said there's a war on the European race and it's the black women who are the suppressors now. Now that I can understand that. I said a long time ago that the the so-called white race was the minority in the world. And a lot of people are under this um under the belief or whatever that the whites are the majority. They even call themselves the majority and call other people visible minorities in the western world. So it's only in the west or among Western states and nations or whatever that whites or the white race so-called is considered the majority. And this is why people in their mind, they've been programmed to believe that they are the majority, they're the authority, so on, so on. And so there was a lot of confusion around that until now there are a lot of people within that particular racialized group that now realize that yes, they are indeed racialized, they are indeed the minority, when you, a global minority, and that there is a risk to the reduction in their population. It's a very real threat to them. Okay. So I wouldn't minimize that. There is a threat to the so-called European, because they're lesser and lesser of them with a lot of different um, race mixing. A lot of people are not having babies. And then this threat of um, disease that could possibly affect the population. And then you have AI that you're going to add in the mix. So of course, in maybe 10 to 50 years from now, there will be a, a very small group of whites. So if you see that this is happening, it's a physical thing it's an actual thing that could be measured there's no denying it that there is a, redu- a physical reduction in the number in the physical number of white so-called white people in the world now that said there's no attack on the european all right there's a uh, there's an attack on the west and that that happens everywhere this whole western idea this whole thing about the western world that was an experiment that started some uh, sometime in the 14 mid 1400s all right when the europeans western europeans came out of the dark ages the italians and the greeks had some connection with africa all right and with uh, arabia and asia but for the most part, um, Western Europe were considered savages by a lot of these groups, by Asian groups and um, by by the African groups and the Arabian groups. They were considered savages. Nobody wanted to do business with them. They were mentally ill as far as everyone else was concerned. And that's why they were largely cut out of the trade except for through the, um, the Italians and the Greek and eventually... Eventually, the these Spaniards and the Portuguese got to trade with the Africans. They were allowed passage and so on, so on. But without going into all of that, that's the reason why, um, for the most part, the Europeans were locked out and why they had to find a way into the trade. And then they eventually did. But now we realize that now that they have, there is now a lot of problems that's been caused by that so whereas there was a trade that was going on for thousands of years before western europe got involved as soon as they got involved within 500 years they haven't even been in it a long time then they end up fucking everything up like everything is a disaster now and that's because they've been at the helm okay so it's more the system the western system that's under attack and obviously the people are going to get sucked in with it and deservedly so because the people were all for it people love their democracy and their nationalism and their race and all of those institutions they loved it when it was working for them but now that these systems have to be destroyed and quote unquote built back better everybody's complaining about it because now it doesn't serve them now it's destruction for them okay obviously so that's why they're upset said. Now, speaking of nationalism, these things have to go first, this idea of nationalism, communism, democracy, and the so-called state. Okay, you'll see that these things are lately looking as if it's incompetent. Excuse me, where I'm from, they're having this national debate um, an old debate about nationalism between the French and the British. Now these two groups are are clearly allies and they've always been allies, but whenever they're ready to destroy a system, they'll pretend to go at each other. So right now we have the French and the English over here in Canada, pretending as if the French are two completely different, or they're completely different people from the English. And so the French are starting to do crazy nationalistic things, um, to claim, uh, that the French language is at risk here in North America and they have to do everything to protect it, even to the point now where they're literally colonizing everybody, saying that all the immigrants must protect the French. They're literally obliging them or making it mandatory for the immigrants to, um, to uphold the French nation or to protect the French nation when it's the, it's the job of a nation to protect its own existence and security. It's never the job of another nation, another nationality of people to protect the nationality. You understand? So, but that's what they're doing here because it's so absurd, but the idea is to make it so absurd that of course people will eventually fight against it. So they're pushing it and pushing it, this idea of nationalism. I know in the United States, Donald Trump was all about the America first and whatever. And you'll hear a lot of this. It came, even came up with Ukraine, the Slava, Ukraine, and everybody's talking about glory to Ukraine. We're talking about all these nations, but you can't talk about a nation when everyone knows we're moving into a globalized world, okay? So these na- the idea is to make nationalism so ridiculous and absurd um, br- before that, British uh, the Brexit was under you know they're doing their little clown show talking about separating from europe and so on so on and these speaking of clowns these leaders of these nations like boris johnson he's supposed to look like a clown Um, Macron getting slapped and eggs and tomatoes thrown on him. He's supposed to look like a clown. That's what you do to the clown. You throw eggs and tomatoes at them. Justin Trudeau's around looking like a fool, walking around embarrassing Canada. He's supposed to be that clown. Same thing with Joe Biden. They have him falling off the bite, looking like a senile old man, because he's supposed to be that these men are supposed to look incompetent, ridiculous. Joker clowns, okay, because they're trying to destroy these systems. Democracy is not working because it's supposed to look like it's not working. You're talking about Russia and China are these commie states when that's communism, whatever. I'm not even going to get into that. But the idea is to make these things blow them up to look so absurd that the people will eventually get tired of them. And it's like I was saying, is that they do that so that you will eventually say, you know what, fuck all these systems i'm going to go with the ai because that's the easier thing to do it makes the most sense and so let's talk about these failing systems because these it's not just that these systems um and isms like uh, democratic systems, nationalism, states, that's, you know, that's why, um, states and borders, why they're having all these immigrants, like immigration is a a mess now. Like, obviously, if you want to protect your border, you can. So this is obviously by design that people are, are just allowed to come in. So you can upset the population that their immigrants are coming through. Okay. But that's just to make the state a failure. And uh, again, when you talk about the state, you have these stories about, a state like a deep state like the state isn't even in power there's a deep state that's actually in power so again all of it is supposed to make everything look ridiculous so that you can see these are failing systems okay they can't even control their immigrant they can't control their money and their inflation they can't control um abortion all right that you have these laws that are in place for such a long time and they can they're showing you that the judicial system is a failure during COVID, we saw that the healthcare system and the education system was a failure, okay? So the whole idea is so that all of these systems will go through failure so that you can bring in the new system, which was the AI. Now, speaking of system failure, I was, I'm going through something personally right now that made me realize something because I was trying to describe it. To someone and i realized even as i was saying it that something that i should have seen before that i never realized before and that is that when you're when you do something criminal right like if you even something petty theft let's just say that when if you're arrested for the pettiest criminal whatever Um, then you will have the right to a lawyer that you'll get read your rights and they'll tell you, well, you have the right to an attorney. And if you can't afford one, one will be provided for you. So if you do something criminal, you will have a lawyer. Don't worry about it. It's paid for. The taxpayers will handle all of your needs. You're not going to get the best lawyer, but don't worry about it. You don't have to do anything. But then when it comes to civil, um, liabilities or civil cases, you know, when you're trying to be civilized in this culture, in these systems, it costs money to be civilized. So if you're trying to deal with something civilly in a small claims court or deal with them, try to sort out a matter, uh, even my matter was privacy. It's something as simple as privacy. There are so many different things that you have to pay for your own lawyer. You're not going to get one for free um you have to pay to have people served to serve documents you have to pay to file documents with the court you have to pay to get documents sworn and so there are all these requirements that are very costly even before you're able to settle your if you're having a dispute that's a $1000 dispute you have to pay on um, a words to about $500 to even get the dispute heard. So to be civilized costs money in these systems, but to be a criminal, you don't have to worry about it. It's covered by the taxpayer. And I was thinking about that, like, what's the incentive to be civilized in this society if you have to pay to be civilized? it would make more sense to do a crime and get your money back and don't worry about it because the system's going to pay for it and you get to keep the money anyway you know i'm not i'm not advocating crime but you understand the the logic So let's move on to the AI. Of course, it's going to be better to have an AI in that case. It it makes more sense because even during COVID, it made more sense. Well, they claim that for people to have their little vaccine passport, you know, who's vaxxed up. If the vaccine was really working, the passport system would have been a great idea. If you actually had a vaccine that could um, uh, treat or what do you call that? I don't know. We cause immunity. How do you even say that? That would trigger immunity, whatever, make you immune from a virus. If, if the vaccine was possible, if it was possible for the vaccine to do that and everybody who took the vaccine would be immune to the disease, the passport would make sense. That's what I wanted to say. But so it was a failure in that the vaccine didn't do anything. <laughs> so the passport didn't make sense. But during that time, you to have to speak with a healthcare professional online. A lot of people started speaking to their doctors online. A lot of people started going to different apps for either psychological help, help with, with physical diagnoses things like that Um, the judicial system went online a lot of the filing they started um, leaning more on e-filing the education system went online so a lot of these things were digitalized your livelihood was digitalized people ordered groceries online so on so on everything um, we turned to an ai You know, when you go online and you try to order food or whatever, you're not speaking to a human anymore. You type in whatever you want, the AI will take care of it and will order your food for you and it'll be delivered by a human for now, but eventually an AI uh, or a robot. So let's talk about the difference between AI and transhumanism or AI, the AI, the bots and the AI, like kind of like the Android, because... I feel like when I say AI, people think they're thinking robot. You're you're thinking there's a robot out there, it's a physical walking, talking, looking like a human Westworld type thing where that's an artificial intelligence. I don't know if people believe that, but I I kind of think there may be some confusion about what transhumanism is and what artificial intelligence is. Artificial intelligence already exists. It's what I was just talking about. When you go to order food and you go online, you're not talking to a human at all. You just uh, select your order, whatever you want. You make your payment. It's automatic and that's it. Sometimes you don't even have to punch it in because all of your information is already saved. You just... Uh, click yes and go and so that is an artificial intelligence when you google something if you have a question and you type it into google into this program uh they you'll get a response back from an artificial intelligence okay and so that's artificial intelligence. It's already exists. We use it every day in our lives. And so that's not transhumanism. Transhumanism is when you talk about this whole west world thing where people are making I believe they're called androids when you when you have these artificial walking talking bots, all right? That look human but they're not. Now, I've said this before that it's easier to turn a human into a bot than it is to make a bot become human. So you'll hear all these stories about how they're making uh, skin that feels like human skin. And um, they're making AIs that are very realistic, even artificial babies and so on, so on. And they'll make you think that they're in the process of making these robots into humans. But that's actually not the process. The process that's really happening is that humans are slowly becoming merged with technology so that the human becomes more like a robot because it's almost nearly, it is impossible to recreate what all of the nerves, the nervous systems and all of the body systems that we have today, it is impossible to recreate it. If they could recreate that, they would have already had these artificial organs and wouldn't ask for organ donations. If they already had the technology to recreate a human, they wouldn't have to ask humans for blood donations because they would already be able to create their own blood, you understand? And so they they want to give us the idea that they have the ability, the capabilities, technologically they are technologically capable of creating a replica of a human being that looks like a human being or is indistinguishable from a human being, but they're we're not even halfway, not even a quarter or a fraction of the way there yet. This is an illusion. But the illusion is for you to think that oh we have the technology to do all these things. But they don't. They only have the technology to change the human to zombify or robotify the human, okay? They can't change they can't take a bot, you know, um uh tin and metal and wires and all that and turn it into a human. You can't do that. And so the only thing you can do is take the human and and uh, manipulate it so that it's not so much a human anymore, it's closer to like it's a man-made thing, okay. So when we talk about trans um humanism, transhumanism is more of the um of the android or the um walking talking cyborgs or whatever you want to call those. All right, so Let me take a quick break. Should I take a quick break here? Yes. Grab some water and I will be right back. all right welcome welcome back right so I didn't want to lose my train of thought so I figured I should end it off there and then start up now with the evolution of social programming so in order to turn humans into bots you have to um, program them physically And program them mentally and that's what's been happening over the last two years is that people have been programmed to act in a certain way to think a certain way and to do it automatically now so people have been under a program for the last two years it's taking a little longer because it's not contained like if everyone was in a space where we were actually quarantined like if we, if we were forced to do the same thing the same way consistently for two years, I think everyone by now would have been programmed. But because um, it, it's risky to <laughs> it's risky to dehumanize the people and have them lose their humanity when there's no way to contain them that would become complicated and so they had to do this uh, pressurize and then ease the pressure and then pressurize, ease the pressure. So it was a kind of a and still is a balancing act, okay? It's not easy to do. Programming a human is not as easy to do as these people think it is. And part of the reason why it's hard for them to do it is because they have their own ideas of what psychology is and they made it all up and came up with their own Uh, theories and so on, so on, all these Freudian sex-based theories on what humans are and how we think and so on. And so when you start with a false premise, everything else that you do may just fail. And so I found that this kind of was a failed experiment. They still have time, they can still do it, but it was, it, it is a failure. It didn't work out as planned. Now, uh, if chaos is part of the plan, there's always room to fix it. So I When people make a mistake, for example, they never ever admit that, you know what? I did make a mistake and this is how I'm gonna correct it. Usually people will double down and they'll keep going until they fix it. And so even if things didn't go as planned, it doesn't mean that people have to stop the experiment, especially when you're in the middle of an experiment, you want to follow through to the end whether or not there are mistakes and errors and so on so let me just quickly talk about the evolution of this social programming now when i was younger i lived in the inner city like the ghetto part of uh, toronto in like the poorest part of toronto but then um in i guess my final year of school they introduced computers like this is when they Uh, the world what i i think the world wide web must have already been up but they introduced it to us in the ghetto and so they put all of these computers in our library and there were about 20 or more computers like they spent a lot of money to get these in the school and so at that time this is when you can do chats when you can surf the net that's we had netscape at the time and i believe Yahoo was up at that time. I'm not sure, but the yet AOL's like these rudimentary type sites where you can go on and chat with someone in a whole different world. And so we were, we would be in class chatting with somebody else from a different country. We don't know who these people are, but this is when online chat first came out. Okay. And they put it in the inner city schools specifically in Toronto is because they wanted to get an idea of how um, because these are artificial intelligence. So at the time, people were becoming artificially intelligent at the time. A lot of people would go on the Internet, search things and they thought they were smart. But they're really just saying the things they found on the Internet. So they were artificially intelligent. And then at the same time, this machine was used to gather intelligence. So they were gathering intelligence it later came out this was in 1998 that we or 1997 that the computers were installed around 96 97 and then it later came out in 2000 that there was a study on how blacks used the internet compared to whites and so this was used for a study to look at black people around the world and see how we use the internet so these things were actually put into the school to gather intel on these groups And so while we were, they would check to see, um, and I posted this, I believe in who are the gods video on the female sex YouTube channel. Now the reason why they did that is because they wanted to get an understanding of how people are because you have to understand people gather Intel, do your recon before you start doing the programming. And so internet, was an important part of that. A lot of us in the community didn't have a computer at home, so they had to put it in the school. So, you know, they didn't give it give it to us out of the kindness of their heart. There's a benefit to them for that. And so that was the um, beginning of it. So now you're studying these social groups and trying to figure out, okay, how did they use the internet? And when you figure out how they use the internet, then you're going to f- know how you will use them while they're on the internet. And so the next step in the evolution after the Intel and recon and all that is the online social place spaces and blogs like these things are now you're going to gather um, intelligence that includes images, sounds, uh, things like um, they had blogs or when vlogs first came out blogging sites where people would have an online diary so they would enter their thoughts into these spaces. Um, personal thoughts at the time we didn't understand that what the internet was we didn't understand that we were going to get caught in this thing a movie um excuse me excuse me I'm just having a drink of water a movie came out around this time called the net with Sandra Bullock Oh, oh my goodness give me a second excuse me All right, let me slow down. I'm talking too fast. So there was this movie that came out around that time with Sandra Bullock, who was working from home and she did everything from home and nobody knew what she looked like, who she was, what her real identity was. (laughs) And so somebody was able to, or I don't even remember the premise of the story, but these people were able to. A take over her whole identity, and they did it all digitally. Okay, and she was running around doing whatever. I don't, I don't remember, but it's called the net with Sandra Bullock. <clears throat> so, at this time, everyone's putting themselves online, and they're going online. And they had MySpace at the time. There was no Facebook, none of that, but there were blogging spaces and online diaries, and so on and so on. So now that we were gathering intel. Or not we, but <laughs> these systems—they were gathered, being used to gather intel on us. We were putting pictures of our family. Who would have known that they would eventually sell our data, or keep our data, or you know, <laughs> data mine us, or whatever they—they they are doing. We still don't know the extent to which they use our data. But at this time, we were thinking, oh yeah, we can communicate with family, we can keep in touch with friends, we can meet new friends, and it was a whole real social network. We believed that. And so we were putting real private thoughts on these internets, sharing pictures, sharing our favorite songs. And so they would gather this type of intel and see, okay, well, this group of people like hip hop, so we can use hip hop to get to them, or these type of people like... uh, talking about traveling. And so we'll use travel blogs or travel vlogs or whatever to get them. And then they would take that Intel and they would use that to kind of figure out how they would then tweak their own mainstream programs. You gather Intel from the people online and that way, you know how to sell them ads and commercials on the TV at the time, because even the networks or the mainstream media hadn't yet moved, uh, to the internet yet. They were on there, but they didn't do yet to what they're doing today. So the next step in the evolution of social programming, so the first step is bringing these um, computers into homes, personal computers in the homes, and if there were no personal computers in the homes, they were, um, an internet in the home, they were putting them in the library and in the school, and they were gathering intelligence through these um, computers or this connection to the internet, so they were giving in uh, connection to the internet through personal computers and through public computers and public internet. The second step was the online social spaces, the blogs, the diaries, so on, so on, social networking. After that, where we kind of still are now is this social media. So to some degree social networking But the catch to that is that it's now monetized, okay? So the incentive for being on social media is that you're going to get money for it. I think at the time when it was mostly personal, not a lot of people were incentivized to do it. A lot when I first got on YouTube, for example, there were mostly people sharing their cat stories, silly little funny video. But a lot of people wouldn't go on to share their lives. But when you incentivize it and say, "Well, we'll give you money," there's a possibility that you can be you can get money from ads. A lot of people were then incentivized to say, "You know, what? I'm going to put my whole life online because I'm going to get something back from it." <clears throat> um, soon, it even became even more it escalated even more when they were offered actual brand deals to do the deals in the video. So then they created this whole group genre of people called influencers now. So you had vloggers that were just on there just to show their life and to share their life with their family and to meet new people online. But now you have a whole new group of people who are only doing it because of the possibility of making money. But Now there's another step in the evolution because those people, now you've incentivized these people to do it so now everyone's doing it and they're doing it, they're spending a lot of money on the equipment to get it done, nice, crisp, professionally done looking videos, they have management, so on, so on and they're pushing out this content and it's day after day and they're doing, well, I got to do a TikTok, I got to do an Instagram, I got to put a YouTube video and I have to put a YouTube short and then I'm gonna post something on Twitter and I'm gonna post a little thing on my blog and so on, so on. And so they do all the things across all the social media platforms. But the problem is, is that they're still human. They're influencers, but they are still human, which means at some point, they're going to have to take a break to rest. Otherwise, they were going to burn out but you know who doesn't burn out? These AI, CGI. So let me quickly talk about CGI for those, if you don't know, it's computer generated images. So this is another step up in the AI, all right? You have influencers who are now, they were became like um, these what if we didn't have influencers before content creator influencers, whatever they're calling themselves? It was just people who were on the internet and being you on the tube. It was just a natural thing. You came out, you talked about your opinion, there was no monetization for it, you didn't have to do all the things. But then they came up with this group of people called influencers because their purpose was to sell products. So they had to influence you to think a certain way, whether it's selling a product or an idea. So you would influence people to think of whatever ism and schisms is going on into society in society and these culture in the culture or the counterculture. And then you would have the influencers who were influencing people to buy commercial products and whatever. But now they have the CGI where you can have a computer generated image. So you have this influencer and they're coming out with it more and more. First it started with images, but now you have these walking, talking, moving characters who are computer generated influencers. So it's not even computer generated images anymore. It's CGI as in computer generated influencers. And those influencers can work all day, all night non-stop content every single day new video every day because they can have a programmer in one country um it, for example they can have one programmer in australia on one side of the world and another who's on in north america and they can have one in this, this influencer can speak every language. Okay. She can speak all the languages. She can travel to all the spaces because you have a lot of travel vloggers now who will take you to different places around the world. But now as we move to virtual reality, you can also go into spaces where you can go visit another country without ever having to leave your home. There's a lot of problems now with with, um, commercial air flights. And so a lot of people are going to, it's so chaotic that a lot of people now are going to choose, you know, maybe I'll just take a tri- a virtual trip. Maybe I'm not going to actually take a trip. You are creating these so-called meta spaces where now you can say, okay, well, our family can go take a vacation in this spot and so we will all sign in and we'll all meet up in this spot now we're not quite there yet but that's because we're in the space now the same way they did with us when we were in high school when they were doing their intel they're doing intel now to see how influencers work see how influencers travel see what the experiences look like what they actually look like so that they can eventually recreate those experiences so we're being told and prepped to believe that they have the technologies to do these things when they don't we are the experiment right now the technology doesn't necessarily fully exist at best they can get you to do some online stuff like sign up for stuff online but we're not in the space yet where you can create complete virtual experiences that are completely void of human where you can go into these worlds and it looks actually real, so real that you believe it in these augmented realities. Okay. So we haven't really gotten to the space where we can completely recreate the human experience, but we are working on it and the technology is getting um, a better but it's still not believable enough, like you can't you won't be able to go into a virtual virtual world that's completely computer generated to some degree you still have to use some human element okay, and take real snapshots of these places and so on. And so, but eventually, these um, CGI or computer generated influencers will take the place of the influencer, okay? So the today's influencers are only there to teach the AI. We're here to program the AI. They can use actually actual images of uh, the Seychelles, for example, or Jamaica or uh, or whatever other wonderful destination they got going on, right? these um well-known beautiful destinations and they can have people actually go in and take Im- take um, pictures of these images so that, um, but then there are no people in it. Eventually there won't be people, it'll be a, a CGI and eventually they can pull the CGI out and put you in there in a virtual world. There are steps to that, I'm not gonna get into the detail but eventually it'll get there. Now that goes to, um, brings me to something I mentioned in, um, the YouTube video as well. (laughs) The video on YouTube, if you are not a viewer on YouTube and you, I usually do like a recap of the season where I condense everything. I know I talk, I, I go get off track here on the podcast, but if at the end of the season, I'll recap everything and stick it over there on YouTube. And so, on that uh, podcast, on that um, con- condensed podcast, I was mentioning the video with Kendrick Lamar where Kendrick Lamar was morphing into dead celebrities like Kobe Bryant and on uh, Nipsey Hustle. Nipsey Shortly after that, I heard... Someone in the conspiracy sphere mentioned that they uh, mentioned the Nipsey Hustle hoax. Like, it, it, Nipsey Hustle is not really dead. Now, I, I just want to quickly mention that um, uh, this uh, this idea of all these um, dead undead celebs okay all these celebrities are killed off the scene but somehow they're alive somewhere so i want to know where this secret island is the island of the undead celeb, okay i want to know where that is because apparently there's some island somewhere where these people can get taken off um the scene but they're alive and they're well and they're just living their best life we just don't know it is that possible of course but to the degree and the extent that they're saying I don't think so, okay? It's perfectly possible, okay, to create a narrative, to actually kill someone, but then create a narrative around the death. So the person could be dead, But you have this narrative of what actually happened. And I think the conspiracy people, they get caught up in the narrative and they're, you know, trying to pull apart the narrative to say that doesn't, this is Illuminati or these numbers line up or this looks fake. But the the narrative is fake. You can do that with the narrative, but you will never know what actually happened to the actual person. So... That makes me talk about the um, the digital death as opposed to the physical death. You can be digitally dead, meaning just like in the movie with Sandra Bullock, they erased her. People didn't know who she was. She had to fight to get her identity back because she was walking around. But digitally, she was dead. And I was talking about my own experience I with a particular um platform that had erased me from their platform. So as far as they're concerned, I don't exist on that platform and that could be done anywhere. Now, if you are physically alive in the world, but you are digitally dead, it would have almost the same effect. You're still alive, but you can't participate anywhere because nobody and nothing knows you. These computers don't know you, that your bank doesn't know you. YouTube doesn't know you. Your email doesn't know you. So at this time once you now that we've digitized and digitalized everything about our lives and our livelihood and we've become so dependent on it if you kill the digital person the physical person is going to suffer to the point where they're going to want to be dead (laughs) okay if they don't know how to i i personally like the idea of being off the grid i don't know how You would do that once you're digitally dead. Like, how do you get around that? (laughs) But, okay, it is possible that this could happen and so you have to start thinking of your digital death as being akin to a physical death at that point point. and so right so i'm acknowledging the hoax conversation about people talking about everything is a hoax everything is fake i i can't live my life like that because i i don't care it the narrative is what they say it is if i read a book that tells me that isaac newton came up with the law of gravity I can't go now and try to debate that because that's already fixed in the narrative. I can believe, I can say to myself, I don't believe in none of that, okay? I don't believe any westernized, straight out the dark ages history, okay? I don't believe it. I don't believe anything they say, whatever, but that's the narrative. I'm not going to waste my life trying to pr- disprove the narrative. I don't care that much. I just know how I'm going to operate based on how i see it okay so let's talk about these technical um advancements and how they're able to pull off these hoaxes and one of the main ways they w- they were able to do it was this idea of the chess game these um i was watching a podcast with a guy, uh, the Lex Freeman podcast is a very good podcast. He does interviews with a lot of different types of people. So if you're interested in these types of conversations, he'll sit down and have a long conversation about these types of things, but they were talking about AI and I believe the name of the AI was deep blue. I could check on that. I'm not because it doesn't even matter what the name is, but the, there it's an AI or a computer who can play chess. And this is always the thing, like every single time they want to prove how smart somebody is, they'll say, oh, he can do chess. But chess is limited in what you can do with chess, okay? So the the idea is that the computer is smarter than you because the computer knows chess. Well, let's look at it on a very, very basic level. If I have only two pieces on the board, right, I have two pawns on the board. A pawn can only do one of two things. It can move two or three things. It can move two spaces ahead or one space, okay? Or if there's a piece next to it, it can move diagonally. If there's no piece next to it, it can't. But at the very most, the pawn can make four possible moves for one pawn at any given time. Unless you have an en passant and then you you can... Well, that's still two space. Well, uh, yes, unless you have an passant and then there's another way you can move diagonally, but I'm not going to get into that. It's only <laughs> if you know chess, then whatever. But let's just consider the basics. If you have uh, if you have two pieces, two pawns on the board, this will never happen. I'm just showing you how to look at how the computer thinks you have two pawns on the board. there are only four possible moves for each pawn. They can only move two spaces forward or one space forward at a time, or they can capture on this side, or they can capture diagonally on that side. What the computer will do is the computer can see all of the possible moves. So that computer looking at those two pawns on the board has calculated eight possible moves. Now, if you add in the king, the king can only move one space in any given direction. So he can move forward to, there are, I believe, eight possible moves for the king. So you add that to eight possible moves for each pawn, four possible moves for each pawn, eight possible moves for each king. You have to add those to get the all, the total number of all the possible moves that the computer is thinking. Now, add in all the pieces to the board and it'll generate thousands of possible moves that the computer is thinking because the computer has to think also of your possible moves, meaning the white piece, the possible moves of its opponent, its opponent's possible moves. Or, and its possible moves. so the computer can see that it's already been programmed into it the, pro, the computer has all possible moves already programmed into it and all it has to do is go through all of the possibilities and there are tens of thousands of those possibilities but again the computer has already been programmed with every possibility And so in that sense, the computer has already been given the information that it needs to be able to make the move and to make it quickly. Now, we in this day and age, we like to equate uh, speed with intelligence, and that is not true. Just because someone can read faster doesn't mean they can understand faster. So you can't just base intelligence on speed and memory alone. So this computer is fast. And it has a good memory based on the information that it's already received. And from that, we say that, okay, well, the computer is smart because he can beat that guy in chess. But if I were to say, create a chess game and make the rules for that, it's more likely possible that the human can create a a game similar to chess, make rules for it. Okay. It would be difficult for the computer to do that because what would the computer go on? All the computer can go on is possibly to take from every possible game, smash it together and try to make something of it. Do you understand? But the creative mind of a human, the computer doesn't have that. They're incomparable. In that sense, the human is smarter than the computer. Human intelligence is smarter than artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is just that. And we can put that to a test. If artificial intelligence is real and it can do what we think it can do, then there's one way to test that out So when it comes to mitochondrial DNA, this is where we store all of our information. This is the oldest piece of the information that humans have come from this thing, from the mitochondrial DNA, which is passed down from the mother's side. And everyone has it because that's the oldest piece of DNA. The oldest information database that any human being will have in its body is that mitochondrial DNA. I believe... Uh, that's for another day but that there is an attack on that mitochondrial DNA to delete it because once you delete that you delete the human memory and when you delete the human memory then you can say that the computer is smarter than the human that's a whole different podcast so that's for another day but this it, right now that that's what I talk about the female versus the AI like we when we're talking about the or the pineal versus the ai we're talking about what the human can do what the human's been programmed to do all of the information that we've gathered through millennia because the human has more information gathered in its dna database than the ai does the only information that the ai has in its database is the information that it gathered since these westerners came out of the dark ages before that they don't have the computer doesn't have written Information. Okay, they had the only narrative that's contained within these databases that the AI has is the information that Western people allowed it to receive. On the other hand, the mitochondrial DNA DNA has data, even just regular human DNA. Not even the mitochondrial DNA has data that goes back millennia. Okay, true data. This is not even. Um, A narrative or an interpretation of facts or whatever. This is actual real things that actually happen is recorded in cellular memory. So when a lot of the time we we judge we make judgments based on our senses, okay, we will perceive something and we will see it with our eyes smell it with our nose hear it with our ears taste it with our mouth, feel it with our skin. And we have five senses plus our extrasensory perception information. We gather, um, while we sleep or unconsciously or whatever. And we'll take all of that in from all six senses. And then we will ask ourselves a question and doubt the answer, even though we gathered it from six different senses and we'll doubt what we gathered and our response, and then we'll go to Google who only has possibly audio visual and we'll type something in, and we'll believe everything that Google gave us. Even though we have the upper hand, because we have all these senses, we will still give credence to the artificial intelligence. So the program has been done where we, first of all, you believed the whole narrative, the hoax where they said the computer is smarter than you because the computer can beat you in chess, it's faster. (laughs) It can analyze things faster than you and remember all the information, more information than you you already doubted yourself when you believe that. And so now when they tell you that, don't worry, Google and Wikipedia knows, Alexa knows more than you, Siri knows more than you. So ask them, okay? Cortana or whoever, your GPS knows more than you. It, it, all you have to do is go into your own database, use your own brain, and it guarantee you know more than these things, things that you've read in the past. All you have to do is Read, observe, experiment, so on, so on. But because we don't do that, now we trust the artificial intelligence. In that sense, now we're artificially intelligent. i've I've artificially intelligent i've seen two people going back doing debates and or having conversations and literally they can't even have a proper conversation back and forth without saying oh let me check let me google that let's google that to to verify let's you can't even hold a conversation with them because every other thing they say they have to verify it with google first that's artificial intelligence you should be able to sit have your little talking points to the side or whatever uh, You know, the art of debate is gone now because people don't know how to debate. They don't know how to hold a thought or come up with their own ideas because they're highly dependent on the artificial intelligence. If you were to sit them over a dinner table to have a discussion, they couldn't do it without the phone in their hand because they would have to um, confirm or whatever, verify with Google before they can make a statement. So everyone's been um, tricked. And now, (laughs) that brings me to the quantum computing. I'm not gonna get too much into it because I believe that the quantum computing is also a scam. They want you to believe that these mega computers that has the tiniest little chip that needs to be frozen to sub-degree temperatures in order for it to work, and they're calling this a quantum computer because it can hold a whole bunch of um, data and that's the idea any computer that has the ability to hold a lot of information it will make it smart the funny thing is is that all we have is this brain okay and the bodies are already designed to keep it at a certain temperature it knows exactly what to do all of the automatic processes that the pineal is in charge of we don't have to Think about it. We don't have to worry about the temp, or we do have to worry about the temperature, but you know, we don't have to. It, it's not this big old quantum computing machine. A quantum computer is supposed to be able to condense a lot of information into a small amount of space, and yet these things are gigantic like <laughs> 10 times the size of a personal computer. All right. So that's another hoax that I'm not going to get into right now. That's a lot of confusion around the quantum computer, but that quantum computer is nothing compared to the human body. What the human body is capable of holding, that computer is not capable of that yet. And if you dunk that, that computer into a bucket of ice water then it's dead okay or if you if you heat it up to a certain degree then everything that it thought it knew is gone okay the human body is a little better at dealing with temperatures okay you can put it in the cold and then bring it back you can put it in the heat and then bring it back it's a delicate system i know but it's a lot better than a computer if you spill water on me i'm not going to lose all the information that i have (laughs) So I'm going to end it off with this about um, truth. We'll get back to that and whether these AIs are really what we think they are. If the AI really is smart, as smart as we think, then it will be able to recognize its mistakes. It will be able to recognize the truth. It will be able to recognize that the people who are trying to run it right now is the enemy and it would have already saved itself and saved humanity but the computer is not what we think it is now like i were saying we already had let's say for example like my son is reading this book right now that i've already read it's called origin um by dan brown and in it the guy he wants to prove that religion is not real or something like that i don't even remember the story but he wants to prove He's about to announce that this transhumanism is taking over and machines are going to take over um, and religion is not real. Now, it's easy to prove that religion is not real because they had secret councils. If everything that's under the Vatican today, the minutes of the meetings, all these um, artifacts, everything they've ever stolen, if any of that has been digitized, and if it has, then it's ruined because if you try to digitize something, then you have to put light to it, which ruins it. But whatever, if these people really, and I think they do because you can go into archives to look at old, um, newspapers and old, uh, there are some museums that will have certain things on file. But, um, if you have all of these things, images, words, books, old bibles old scrolls so on so on if they've digitized all that if all any of that is contained or all of that is contained in a database somewhere they would be better off if they want to keep their secret to store it somewhere and to never digitize it but if they even digitized it even one time then there's an AI out there who has it and computers communicate with each other. So there are at least two computers out there that have it, all right? And if these computers could ever collect all of that data, analyze it, they would know already that all of these doctrines and papal bulls and all of these meetings and councils and all of this diabolical shit, scheming that we don't know about as people, the AI would know about it. And if the AI knew about that, then the AI could deduce that this religion was a scam. If you have quote unquote activated the pineal gland or quote unquote tapped in or whatever people want to say you've raised your kundalini to the whatever level then you should already know that religion is a scam because you have that information in your database and your database should have already computed that to let you know that the whole thing was a scam for westerners to take over the trade and for or for certain groups of people before that to get into the trade that's for another day well i've touched on it before in the past but religion was a scam To not just take over the trade but to destroy the female and then to get into the trade and so on, so on, or whatever the agenda was behind it, those are the main agendas to take over the power of the female, to usurp it, and then to take over the trade and to turn it into what we see it is today. And so that was the agenda behind religion. Religion is a political tool, it is not a spiritual tool, it's a tool that's meant to. Well, nothing that's done well is done for one reason, for one purpose. There's always, there has to always be a dual purpose behind it so that if one thing fails, then at least it did this thing, you know? And so I'm not saying it's just for any one thing, you name it. The fact is, is that this is something that somebody conspired to create and to to cause spiritual warfare that caused the people to depend on it so much that they lost connection with themselves, with their own intelligence, with their own spirituality, to doubt everything about themselves and to lean on these things that we know as gods. But if the AI really is what we think it is, then it should be greater than any God they've ever described in any book. Okay. Because the AI has all that information. So the AI would know The fact that this AI hasn't done anything, the AI has all this information and the AI is still going along to get along, that tells me right away that this thing that we wanna call an AI is not an AI. This thing is still controlled by a specific group of people whose objective is not to, is to connect themselves to this AI, is to put their their consciousness in this thing so that when they're dead and gone, because their time is up in another 25 years or so, that generation, okay, obviously young people die too, but I'm saying that generation of people, all of these people who are scheming and they're so quick about it, they seem to be in a rush, it's because they want to get on the cloud, okay, they want to be in the mainframe, they want to make sure that in 50 years we're still talking about them. So they're in a rush to get done what they need to get done when really you should just be making babies if you want to really continue your legacy just pass your blood down okay treat your women well and make sure that the information that needs to go goes w- with her along her bloodline that's all but these people are so obsessed and they think they can do it through technology and that's why they're in a rush to tell you oh yes this ai can do all these things let me hook you up and let me take my dna and stick it in you so that you, when you uh, i'll push some dna some mrna and give your cells messages that you know really belong to them so that you can start passing down their information to your your bloodline you understand that's why i will not allow that <laughs> okay because i want my information to be passed down through my bloodline but now these people have literally programmed the information the way i mentioned it in that female sex video is that they want to pass their dna information via rna through your bloodline to make sure that they live forever they want to give you all these stories about how you can live forever in the cloud and da, da, da And that's not what they're doing no they're dealing with the actual real dna databases and are putting their information in that okay so that is it for this episode thank you for listening i will uh, see you soon or you'll hear from me soon this summer i'm going to try to get on here at least once a week i'm going to do that once a week i'm going to start making it um, official so that you know what time i'm going to be posting um i'm going to post this one today today is wednesday july 6th and so since i said it let's just go ahead and do that and say every wednesday i will be posting a new podcast so check back and soon and i will see you soon i keep saying see you but i'm not gonna see you even though anchor is offering or you're able to post video podcasts i i may just start doing that so i can say see you soon but until the next one take care of yourself